0: Oregon should expect to make the college football playoff in 2024, especially with Jeffrey Bassa back at linebacker. Here we go. You are locked on ducks, your daily podcast on the Oregon ducks, part of the locked on podcast network, your team every day. Yes, it is that time once again for Locked On Ducks. I'm your host, Spencer McLaughlin. Thank you so much for making this your first listen or your first view of the day. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, and your number one source to stay up to date with the Ducks. If you have not already, please like, comment, subscribe, rate, review wherever you listen to or watch the show, which today is brought to you by Game Time. Download the Game Time app. Use code College for $20 off. Uh, your first, just locked on actually is the code, just locked on for $20 off your first purchase. All righty. So college football playoff or bust for Oregon in 2024. I feel that way right now. That could change come August 24th is when Oregon's first scheduled game is against Hawaii. But right now I definitely say that's a reasonable standard. That is aided by the fact that Jeffrey Boss is going to return for his fourth and final year of college football with the Ducks. He was a four-star recruit as a safety in the 2021 class, the best pr- recruiting class in in program history. It was this year's class. It was that year's class. Those are the best two, no matter which way you slice it. But he was one of the players that played early, played often, and continued to stay with Oregon amidst the coaching change and continued to get better. Jackson Powers Johnson was one of those guys. I think Marcus Harper was one of those guys. You look at Troy Franklin. He was one of those guys. And Jeffrey Basha, Oregon's leader on defense, more on him in a moment. But as it pertains to the playoff, in a world in which you have a 12-team college football playoff, which fundamentally is a college football fan, I'm not a fan of, though I like it more in the era of mega conferences with the Big Ten and the SEC. Oregon has a challenging schedule next year. That is unquestionable. You've got Washington at home, the last week of the regular season for rivalry week. You never know what can happen in the Civil War with Oregon State. Though I feel good about the Ducks' chances. Oregon State's roster is not going to be even as good as it was uh, this year, frankly. And Oregon didn't have too much trouble, but again, in Corvallis, a lot of the, a lot of crazy things can happen. They host Ohio State and go to Michigan and go to Wisconsin. Those are some tough football games with Oregon's talent level that Dan Lanning has assembled last year via high school in the portal this year via high school in the portal. And the fact that Dylan Gabriel is coming in, Will Stein will be back as offensive coordinator. And you've got a bunch of quality returning pieces as well. Like Jeffrey Bossa. I think it's fully within the realm of realism for Oregon fans to look at next season and say, boy, that should probably be another 10 win regular season. And I agree. And coming into this year, I thought Oregon would go 10 and 2 in the Pac 12. I predicted them to go 11 and 1 as the season went on because Cam Rising didn't play. I thought Oregon would win fairly comfortably in that game. They did. And I think that next year, 11 and 1, that's probably not going to happen when you have at Michigan hosting Ohio State, hosting Washington. Tough to only lose one of those games and not stumble anywhere else, like at Oregon State or at Wisconsin. Wisconsin which I think are probably a similar caliber uh, of game to play. Tough environment, solid team but not quite a, a tier 1 program there. So, I think that for the Ducks going 10 and 2 is it w- would be a successful season. And in the Big 10, if you go 10 and 2, you've got at least one win over Ohio State, Michigan or Washington, preferably the Huskies, but Any of those are going to be a high quality win. I think with the rest of Oregon's schedule, you'd probably look at it and go, yeah, you know, they'll travel to UCLA, Michigan state year one under Jonathan Smith. Probably won't be too much though. Aiden Childs will be their starting quarterback. He'd be, he'd be pretty good. I'm getting excited. Just, just a little bit at the prospect of Oregon playing football games again, which is a long ways away. It's a long ways. It's about eight months away, but we will get there together. However, I think that going 10-2 and two in the Big Ten with that schedule, when you've got both of, of Ohio State and Michigan on the schedule, hard to see how that doesn't get an at-large berth. Because the way the college football playoff, I don't know if they formally voted to restructure it, but they have to because logic. Um, although logic doesn't always prevail. I think it will in this instance, though. Originally, the 12-team playoff was the six highest-ranked highest ranked conference champions, plus six at-large spots. When the Pac 12 dissolves, there was a report that was going to be voted on to go to five highest ranked conference champions and seven at large berths. Oregon going 10 and 2 would be akin to what Penn State did this year, which is also going 10-2, and two, and Penn State was ranked inside the top 12. And I think that would get Oregon an at-large spot. So given where Oregon's at, where I expect the coaching staff to be, where the roster is, and we don't know what everything is going to look like between now and then, hence why you should su- subscribe to the show, I think that that is absolutely going to be the barometer for success because that that's the way that Dan Lanning recruits, that's the way we expect Oregon to perform. that's the way they're capable of performing as as a program. That's the way Dan Lanning is paid as a head coach is to be in that conversation to get there. And I think Oregon will have a pretty good shot next year it depends on what other people do as well. Uh, I mean Oregon could go nine and three not make any look and go. it was a field goal away from Atticus Sappington or Grant Metters or somebody like that you, you know whoever's kicking for the ducks at that point in time. Context always matters but, Big picture right now, the way I'm feeling, off a 12-win season, bringing in a veteran quarterback, having a lot of returning talent. Yeah, I think going to the playoff is a pretty pretty reasonable standard for Oregon's Oregon fans to have their minds right now. That standard is elevated when you have Jeffrey at middle linebacker. So he's someone who was recruited as a safety, switched to outside linebacker, and in 2022, according to both PFF and the eye test, for a lot of Oregon fans and people who watch and cover the games, Jeffrey boss has struggled. It was not his best season. 2023 was his best season. And and I think that he, he earned the the recognition that he got, which was second team all pac 12. And this is a guy who was making impact plays every single week. I think PFF said he was the highest graded linebacker uh, for a game during bowl season. He is, Kind of the heart and soul of the defense now. With Brandon Dorless gone, I think Bossa returning is even more important. You have to replace as best you can Dorless's production on the interior, the defensive line. But Jeffrey Bossa at linebacker is 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 the number one linebacker for the Ducks. More so than Justin Jacobs, more than Jamal Hill, who made the switch this year. And I thought uh it did a really nice job and made some impact plays. Jamal Hill forced his Oregon career is done, by the way. And shout out to Jamal if he's listening to or watching the show had a fantastic Oregon career. He also went safety to linebacker, but Bossa is, you know, in a four, two, five, you don't have a Mike linebacker because you don't have a middle linebacker since there's, you know, just the two you have a, you know, Mac and a Mac and a money, Mike and a money, whatever you want to call it. It's not a traditional middle linebacker in the four, three, but Bossa is the guy who's the signal caller on defense. And I think that he's very much a tone setter. He's very much a leader, and he's the guy who gets the calls out and makes sure everyone is on the same page. And Oregon's defense, make no mistake about it, was fantastic this year. And that was thanks in large part to bringing guys like Jordan Birch along the defensive line. The freshman who popped, I, I think, made a big impact there as well. Getting Popo Almavai back, that was certainly helpful. But Jeffrey Bosch's increased production and just better overall play was a significant part of the defense taking a step forward. Because last year, Noah Sewell also had a second-team All-Pac-12 season, but outside of that, didn't feel like the linebackers were doing a ton, and it wasn't Sewell's best year. He just set a really, really high standard because he'd had some outstanding seasons with the Ducks. But I think that for Bossa, the improvement he made, the work he put in the offseason to change his body to be more of a linebacker rather than a hybrid safety – I think that paid off in a big way. He had an awesome year. He's really important to the Ducks defense. That that I I I got excited seeing that that announcement go out that he's coming back. Cause we weren't sure. We weren't sure. We're still waiting on Tez Johnson. We're still waiting on Terrence Ferguson, but and and Jordan Birch potentially as well. I suspect uh, at least two, if not all three of those guys come back. That's my my gut feeling right now. No inside info there, just gut feeling. But I wasn't sure on Jeffrey Bassa, felt like he'd come back. He did. And I think that is great news for the Ducks and where they're going to sit defensively. They've got their signal caller and and really, like I said, the soul of their defense going into next year. So that is fantastic. Should Oregon go after Dorian Singer in the transfer portal? What a fascinating question that is. Here's a question that you can answer really easily have you checked out game time okay if the answer is no here's why you should when you're buying tickets to your next next big event you shouldn't have to worry with game time you don't have to worry because it's the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports music comedy and theater events near you i'm not that far from las vegas there's all sorts of events going on down there if i decide i want to go if a comedian i love is coming into town Game Time has got access to everything I could want there. They've got killer last minute deals, all in prices, views from your seat, and their best price guarantee. Game Time takes the guesswork out of buying tickets. Game Time is the only ticketing app that gives you complete peace of mind with your purchase, and you can buy tickets in seconds with just two taps. Take the guesswork out of buying tickets with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, use code locked on for $20 off your first. Purchase terms apply. Again, create an account. Redeem code L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. I remember how to spell for $20 off. That's code locked on. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. I had one of you comment on YouTube the other day that you were concerned I had not taken a second segment sip because it had not appeared in some capacity on the show. Just because you don't see it doesn't mean it isn't there. I can think of about 50 different things that that applies to, but let's get back into the real world, shall we? So mailbag is always open. YouTube comments or Twitter at smalls underscore 55 or at locked on ducks, DMS and mentions wide open. Send me your questions about anything and everything, preferably Oregon related. Of course, And if you want priority access to the mailbag and you want to become a Locked on Ducks insider, go join the Locked on Ducks subtext community link in the description below, wherever you're listening to or watching this show, free 14 day trial. See if you like it. If you do, it's just $5 a month. You get also all sorts of inside access by instant breaking reactions to all the news and everything and whatnot, but certainly not a requirement. This show remains free and available wherever you're consuming it right now. Subtext question came in about Dorian Singer. So, Dorian Singer led the Pac-12 in receiving yards 2 years ago at Arizona. He was awesome. He transferred in the offseason to USC. Now, if you are an Oregon fan out there listening to or watching the show that does not care for USC, you may be amused by this particular story. Dorian Singer went to USC and was mostly irrelevant and USC was also mostly irrelevant. USC's brand and cachet attracted a player like that who could have been a continued and valued piece of the rebuild at Arizona and the awesome season they had. He wanted to jump ship and go to USC. That's his prerogative. It didn't turn out to be a great move for him. that is a tremendously talented player. That dude is a bona fide stud. I don't know how he didn't find more touches in the Lincoln-Riley passing offense with Caleb Williams back there, but he was an afterthought. It was Brendan Rice first, Taj Washington second. I think Michael Jackson was kind of their third guy. And Dorian Singer was like the fourth or fifth receiver on the team, which is crazy. It's, It's really crazy because that guy is really, really good. So question came in from one of you in the subtext about whether Oregon should go after him. I'm not going to sit here and say I am opposed because that is a proven player. And when I look at Oregon's receiver room next year, if Tez Johnson returns, I've got three proven players and it's a good, solid receiving core. Treshaun Holden, Tez Johnson, Gary Bryant Jr. Of that bunch, I think Tez Johnson would be the only one I think could be an all-conference caliber guy. Dorian Singer, We know can be an all-conference caliber guy. And it's not that Gary Bryant and Trayshawn Holden couldn't pop and have that sort of year. I think they're just really rock-solid receivers, but not necessarily at a Troy Franklin or, going back to Arizona, a Dorian Singer sort of level. So I'm not opposed. I'm also not on the front lines clamoring for the Ducks to go get this guy. Why? Because I think they do have really good talent at receiver. I like Gary Bryant. I like Trayshawn Holden. I like Holden especially. I think that's a guy who's got a bunch more potential. I I liken him to Jordan James from 2022 to 2023. In 2022, Jordan James had a defined role with the Ducks, and he was really good at it. But there was another gear. Trayshawn Holden this year had a defined role with the Ducks. He didn't do a ton of downfield stuff but he caught a lot of passes around the line of scrimmage, great yards after the catch guy, good blocker, big physical frame. Can he do more? Yes, he can, and he showed glimpses of it this year. You Look at the big touchdown of the Washington game, the way he played in the Fiesta Bowl against Liberty, the sorts of catches he makes, the routes he ran. He looks like a not-quite-as-explosive-or-fluid-but-little-bit-bigger-bodied Troy Franklin. And by the way, it didn't look like a huge step down. If you go look at the touchdown he caught, I thought the sideline catch was great. You know, DB in his face and he goes up, gets foot down. The touchdown he caught, he puts a nasty wiggle move on the defensive back of the top of the route. So I like Sean Holden. I like Gary Bryan. I like Tez Johnson. Known proven commodities. If you are supplementing those guys, that you know what you're going to get and you know what you can get with Kyler Casper and Jurion Dickey, unproven commodities with massive upside and potential. I'm good with that receiver room. This is not, Oregon is not, you know, Washington or 2019 LSU or Ohio State over the years. They're not trying to throw the ball 40 to 50 times a game. You don't need to have, though you always welcome, two to three NFL wide receivers on the edge. You need to have good receivers. You don't need to have, You know, Troy Franklin is great, of course. And you need to have that number one kind of go-to guy. But Oregon's rushing attack is going to continue to be a part of the fold. And I think if those are your five receivers next year, see where Jeremiah McClellan maybe fits on the depth chart? I'm good with that. So I don't think it's a need. I think it'd be a welcome addition, but I don't think it's a need. That's where I stand on Dorian Singer. Back into the mailbag here, this question from Bud. Uh... On offense, both the Ducks and Huskies lose key players at quarterback and receiver. What are your thoughts on who will be better positioned for the Big Ten next year at those two positions? Great question. (laughs) I mean, great question. So I like Dylan Gabriel. I think he's a step down from Bo Nix. Not a big one. I think Will Rogers as a player from what I've seen is a step down from Michael Penix more so than Knicks to Gabriel. However, I have not seen him in Kalen DeBoer and Ryan Grubb system, head coach and offensive coordinator for, for Washington. And Michael Penix at, at Indiana did some really good things. He was not the same guy as what he's been in Washington the last couple of years. So I think of the quarterback position from what i've seen i go gabriel over rogers but system could elevate rogers to be on gabriel's level i think that's a wash receiver i know that washington is going to have jeremiah hunter from cal he's a good player he is a i I think he's like a half step above trey holden and frankly only because holden hasn't ever been a number one receiver jeremiah hunter at cal the last couple of Good football player, good football player, good receiver. He is perfect for what they do. Downfield, 50-50 guy, physical, contested catches. Jeremiah Hunter's really good. I don't know if Jeremy Bernard is back. He's a good receiver, though. But Oregon, I think, is going to be closer to their receiver level this year going into next year than Washington will be because you can't get much higher than Washington's receiving level in 2023. Like the only comparable rooms that I can remember recently, some of the Alabama rooms, 2019 LSU, some of the Ohio State rooms when they had, you know, Garrett William, Garrett Wilson, Jackson Smith and Jigba, and Chris Olave. That's the level that those guys are on. They won't be at that level next year. Will they still be good? Yes. But it'll be a step down. I, I think Washington will have a bigger step down in receivers, and I think that quarterback. Remains to be seen how it fit in the system, though in theory, I think it's a pretty good fit. I think it's a pretty good fit, but that, that's where I stand. Great, that's a great question. Great, great question. There are more great questions that I have to get to on today's show. And I have another great question for all of you. Have you checked out FanDuel yet? If you haven't, now's the time. The NFL regular season's wrapping up, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel. That's America's number one sports book. Not number two. Number one, right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets, guaranteed. Just going to let that sit there for a moment when you place a $5 bet. Yeah, you don't even have to win, win or lose. $5 bet turns into 150 bucks in bonus bets. It is that simple, folks. The app is super easy to use. It's got a great interface and there's so many different ways to bet like live save game parlays, find bets in the new explore tab, make a parlay in the parlay hub, the best way to find popular parlays and so much more. So what are you waiting for? Go check it out. Go to fanduel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. I do just want to clarify my answer to, to Bud's question there about Washington. I think that quarterback for, for Washington, bigger step down, but I could also see it being an equivalent step down from what they had this year, which is not a knock on Dylan Gabriel and Will Rogers because I just don't expect them to be Heisman finalists, both of them next year. That's a pretty, that's a high bar. Or as Andy Samberg, as Nicholas Cage on SNL would say, as in the get in the cage segment that's high praise that is high praise and they both deserved it this year as we are as we are all well aware but i think washington's receivers of those four groups oregon quarterback oregon receivers washington quarterback washington receivers washington receivers will take the biggest step down of any of those groups though oregon's can't be as good without troy franklin there's still the next three guys washington will lose their top three guys But Jeremiah Hunter, as I said, is good. So great question there. Uh, This one also came in from subtext. Lots of subtext questions lately. I love it. You get priority over there. That's the way it works. Hi, Spencer. Question from your great interview with Brian today about bowl opt-out comments. Do you think the number of opt-outs are a direct correlation to the overall health of the program, proper spelling, P-R-O-G-R-U-M, very well done, my friend, and the quality of player-coach connections? This could be yet another measurement of the intangibles that Dan Lanning and co bring to the table. Yeah, I think there's something to that. I I think there's something to the players not opting out like Brandon Dorliss or Jeffrey Basso, of course, you know, coming back, it makes a lot of sense that he'd play in the game. Bo Nix, Bucky Irving as well. The fact that they wanted to have the opportunity to go out there and on a win, and play with their guys one more time. You're never going to get 100% in today's world. I think we all understand that. But the fact that Bo Nix, Bucky Irving, and Brandon Dorlis, who are all going to get drafted in in this year's NFL draft, the fact that they all decide to play in that game, yeah, that's a testament to culture. And and there are a lot of reasons that I'm high on Dan Lanning and the staff and, and what they can do for the Ducks. But that is definitely something I looked at and said, wow, that's fantastic. And it also speaks to those guys' individual character of, we love Oregon, we want to go out on a win because we didn't end the way we wanted to back in December. And I think that for for Bo, you know, he put on the same game that he's put on for the last two years. You know, I I said many, many, many times about Bo Nix. And unfortunately, it wasn't true for about a quarter and a half in the Pac-12 championship game, but he's the same guy. He's the same. And that game against Liberty, he was the same guy. Standing back, just flick of the wrist, just uh, dump it off here, chuck it downfield there, hit a middle, middle crossing route there. Just that guy's just really, really good. And I think there was also something to the fact that Bo Nix loves college football and he wanted to be sent off the right way and he deserved it. And he wanted to send Oregon off the right way. And I thought it was all just so well executed from the staff. I really, really appreciated the way that they, gave both Bo and Bucky the opportunity to have a play, come off the field, and get an ovation from the fans. Shout-out to every single one of the thousands of Duck fans that went down to the Fiesta Bowl. Hope you enjoyed the time. It was certainly a a fun game for Oregon fans to watch, to cruise to their 12th win of the year like that. But going down there, showing up, supporting the team, supporting the players, and giving those guys a send-off that they so rightfully deserve, both of them, but Bo especially, It was awesome stuff. It was awesome stuff. And, you know, the television crew, they'd cut to Bo's parents and, you know, seeing the reaction on their faces as their son walked off the field to an ovation like that before he goes and plays in in his pro career. Like, that's, that was awesome stuff. That was, that was really, really awesome stuff. Great, great question. Okay. A few of them here from Rex, um, who, if you did not know, I met in person at Disneyland. We rode the Jungle Cruise together, just by happenstance. Um, appreciate you, Rex. So uh, he says, so I don't mean to throw this at you all at once, but I'm going to anyway, LOL. By the way, when you send me mail, when you guys send me mailbag questions and girls out there, because it that happens as well. Don't ever be afraid to say, to send all questions. I might not answer them all at once. Sometimes I do, like I'm about to, but if you send me a bunch of questions, I'm going to answer them all at some point in time, eventually it's my favorite part of the show. How about Poncho's play today? What a fantastic point to raise because I'm not going to bring it up. Snapping can be hard. That's all I will say. Doesn't look hard for Poncho and Iapani Lalaulu, for those who, who don't know, is the guy we're talking about. True freshman that played all season long, meaningful moments. He was the backup center this season. He rotated in at guard regularly for guys like Stephen Jones, who was an all-conference guy, and Marcus Harper, who had a fantastic season. This is Oregon's starting center next year. Just check that box right off. You can check it off right here, right now. I can tell you confidently, four Oregon starting offensive lineman next year. That's a great thing to be able to say. I talked about Oregon and the playoff and whether or not that's a reasonable expectation. Yeah, the offensive line's a big part of that. You lose the Remington Award winner and JPJ. Yep, that's that's a loss, no doubt about it. Dude is awesome. Maybe the best duck center we've ever seen. Only guy to ever win the award for the best center in college football. Steven Jones, sixth-year player. Tough to replace that guy. Really good. Grades well on PFF, all-conference player, absolute stud. But you know who else was a stud? Alex Forsythe. And you know who made some starts or got significant snaps at guard the year that Forsythe, or the last year of Alex Forsythe at center? And, And then, after learning from said stud center, just slid over and started snapping the ball to begin every play? Jackson Powers Johnson. I'm not predicting that Poncho is going to win the Remington Award next year. I'm just saying. Aleek Terry knows what he's doing. And Oregon's got their starting center for the next two years. He's a true freshman this year. So he's got at least two more years. I don't know how you're going to beat that guy. He's not going to get worse. He's not going to get worse as a player. He's only going to get better. He's already quite good. So, yeah, love the shout out to Poncho there. Uh, Rex also says, sir, you need to take the time to pat yourself on the back, 477 shows and over 1 million in views. Heck of a feat in one year. I didn't know. I, I got to be honest, when I put this uh, set of questions in the mailbag, I forgot that that was one of the things you said. Uh, over in, in one year. I've actually been hosting the show for over two years now. Uh, it, but it hasn't been on YouTube the entire time. That's been that was like February or March, 2022, I, I think is when we made that shift here at the network. But I love that you took the time to to find that data. Like that's, that's awesome. Um, thank you. And, and by the way, thank you to all of you who listen to or watch this show regularly, or if you're doing it for the first time, thank you. Because without all of you, this show is just me talking into a mic and doing it for fun and i'd send it to my friends and family and they'd say oh yeah that's nice and cool and that's by the way what i did all throughout college and so getting to do it with people like you is one of my fav- legitimately one of my favorite things in the world especially with duck fans man you guys are the best uh two are you going to continue hosting locked on pack 12 stay tuned there is a plan i am not going to reveal the plan i'll just say there's a plan Last one, I promise. Can you get to the bottom of Sniffgate? What is Penix using in that equipment carrier? I I have no idea. I don't know if there's like a phone in there that he's talking to Ryan Grubb on or what's going on, but whatever he's doing, it works. That guy's really good. That guy's really good. It sucks to say because he plays for Washington, and I think they're going to win the national championship on Monday. But that guy's really good. And sometimes... As much as you want to beat your opponent every now and then, you got to tip your cap. Phil had to do it to Tiger for a long time. And for a long time, Oregon's been Tiger in this matchup and Washington's been Phil. But right now, we're Phil and their Tiger. And we'll see if they're able to climb the mountaintop and win the national championship on Monday. I don't know how Michigan's offense keeps up. My might, might, might talk about that a little bit more as, uh, as the shows get, get closer to the day. But love the questions as always. Keep them coming, everybody. Appreciate everyone listening. I'll see you next time. Have a wonderful rest of your day. And as always, go Ducks.